All right, hey, what's up? We are back. This is Psychotronicast. My name is Alec Berg. The talent here is Derek Estes. You can and you should subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Instagram or Facebook. We're on everything, man. Everybody's on everything these days. And we even have two short films of our own. One is Four Corpses in Great Portland, which is a Jalo-type style of a film, which would uh, kind of blend well with this, even though this isn't the Jalo film we're covering. But this is still Italy, as we know it. Well, all right. I'm done talking about this and that. Derek, what the hell are you getting us into tonight? Uh, so, I've been wanting for a while to start covering some of the Italian, like, Euro crime films, and to inaugurate uh, covering these movies, I decided to pick Almost Human. Uh, it's directed by, this movie, so I think this movie, the talent-wise, is like almost a murderer's row of just Italian exploitation people, but it was directed by... Uh, Umberto Lenzi starring Thomas Millian, Ray Lovelock, all three of who just died this past year. I was going to mention that later on. I yeah. was like, has everybody that worked on this film died in the last three months? No, I know. Uh, Henry Silva is still with us. Uh, and hopefully someone's watching over him to make sure that he's still around. Um, but you also have uh, Anita Strindberg, who we've actually talked about. She was in our second podcast, uh, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have got... Uh, Ennio Marconi doing the soundtrack, and then you also have it written by Ernesto Gastaldi, who also wrote um, Lizard in a Woman's Skin and like half of the Italian exploitation movies ever made. That's crazy. Um, who is this guy? Or was this guy? He's incredible. Um, but yeah, no, he's like probably one of the most prolific writers, and I think without him, you wouldn't have had, um, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like especially the Jallos, but even like a lot of the uh, Italian horror movies of the 60s, like, yeah. he wrote all of them. There's a lot of things that, like, like, I, I just get little, like, zaps of, like, oh, wait, this is that, what, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the two being, I've been staring at a poster on your wall for as long as I've known you, and apparently it's gone by another name, uh, The Death Dealer. Yeah, so when it was released in America, it was released as The Death Dealer. Uh, and it has, like, the poster has you know, one of the most iconic scenes in this movie. I guess we'll talk about that when we get to it, but yeah, it's um, it's... It's pretty crazy. If you follow us on Instagram, you will see it because I will make sure to post that before this episode airs. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, well, this will be a good time to do it because you'll know what the fuck I'm talking about. Another thing is Umberto Lenzi, um, at my previous employer, we used to uh, project uh, films or whatever we can find via internet on the wall or on the ceiling. Of the, uh, of the place, and uh, it sounds weird, because that place was. Um, I would pick Cannibal Ferox for like a month straight. Yeah. And that's the first thing that I had seen of his, but I'd never listened to the sound or really paid attention to the plot, because as you work somewhere, you can't really, you know, watch something while you're working, but you can glance here and there. Especially if it's on the ceiling, and though we wouldn't play the audio, uh, I'd always just see the video. But after playing something for like a month straight, you kind of get the the feel of the lay of the land. And I found that in the terror transgressive category lists on Shutter because they were streaming it on Shutter at the time, and it is insanity. Oh yeah. And I knew that as soon as I saw his name, I was like, wait, that motherfucker. And I looked him up on IMDb and realized that he had done. Cannibal Ferox, and I'm like, all right. He did, yeah, like his cannibal movies, like uh, The Man from Deep River was the first Italian cannibal movie. Uh, really? Yeah, and that was like, early, it was like 1970. 
Um, yeah, so he definitely had, like, that's one of the things he's probably most known for. If people know Umberto Lindsay, uh, they know that. Though he did, like, so did many... 65 movies, I yeah. looked it up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He, he put was, in work. Like, so prolific. He was, like, the, uh, the opposite of Sergio Leone. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, and this one is so crazy. I think the, uh, uh, the thing that really holds this movie together for me is just, uh, is Thomas Millian, though. Oh, who, yeah. he's also super prolific. Uh, he was in, like, a million, like, spaghetti westerns, and, um, and this whole genre, like, the kind of Italian crime movies, he did a lot of. And he had a pretty long career, um, longer than actually a lot of other people, and then he, he you know, would kind of, um come back like I think one of his later movies his last movie I guess I had to look up I've never seen uh, was a movie called Fugly with John Leguizamo it just came out a few years ago but uh, he was also Steven Soderbergh cast both well he cast Thomas Millian in um, Traffic in Traffic yeah. but then he also our uh, other star of this movie Henry Silva uh, he put in Ocean's Eleven because he was also in the original Ocean's Eleven um, okay, I've seen both movies, but I can't remember Henry Silva in either. Yeah, he's well, it's obviously he's, been a long time. Yeah, for it's probably both. been a while. Because that's actually the first movie of Henry Silva's that I'd ever seen was the original Ocean's Eleven because he's so distinctive looking because he looks almost like a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know he also did a lot of American westerns. He's like in uh, Bud Bedecker's The Tall T, and he's really memorable in that movie. Yeah. And then he went to Italy and he made like a shit ton of these movies. And it's funny because in most of his movies he comes across as the heavy. And um, but he was just well enough known of a name that uh, they put him in a lot of these movies. He's really good in um, like The Boss and like Cry of a Prostitute, and um, now he's he's really awesome. And actually, we had just seen him a couple weeks ago when we were at the Hollywood Theater, and they oh, yeah. played Alligator. Alligator. And he has a small part, but he just comes in and is Shreds. so fucking dynamite. Shreds. Like, yeah, he's he's still with us, but he yeah he hasn't acted in anything since Ocean's Eleven. That was the last thing he was in. And the erase. The, the original Ocean's Eleven, I I still quote from time to time. Frank Sinatra says this as he's walking out of a scene. I don't know what the I don't know what the tone or setting was, but I just remember him going, "All right, let's hit the jazz flute before the fan blows." <laughs> I still say that to this day, but I don't remember Thomas or not Thomas Milan, uh, Henry Silva in that. But I do obviously remember him in Alligator, which we just recently saw, like you mentioned, and. If you haven't seen the movie Alligator, it's so good. It's like a Jaws ripoff, but it's not because it's like 80% like this awesome, pulpy, like crime drama, or I don't even know what you would call it. And then the other 20% is like one of the monster movies from Japan in the 50s and 60s, like a Godzilla movie. Really good. Well, and part of what makes that work is John Sayles wrote it. And so, like, he's so smart and it's so, like, he elevates, like, everything in that movie. And there's, like, a lot of fun little, like, it's very self-aware, mm-hmm. um, but in a way that doesn't like pander to the audience. It just like it knows what it is, and it really has fun with it. Like one of my favorite scenes in that movie, uh, or just little like in jokes, is there's a huge. It's all about you know alligators, you know, living in the sewers, and there's a you know really long chase through the sewers, and then um, on the the wall of the sewer it says Henry uh, Harry Lime lives. Yeah, is the you know the character from the Third Man and the whole sewer scene in that movie it's just so great it's just a really it's a really dynamite movie it's, it's really really good and if you like Robert Forrester half as much as we do uh, then yeah. you'll still dig it and he's got some dope members only jacket that you just want to cop real quick oh so great I love him so much I also love I love 
him in well I love everything about uh, medium cool but I also love his nude scene in medium cool I just love it like just get it out yeah I love him I did not see that movie oh yeah or I'll his dirty dick it's, but it's good you should probably give He's that great. up I want to um, see Robert Forrester's dick so bad now. I know, right? You never, <laughs> you never want to see his dick more. Um, so anyhow, so let's uh, getting back to this movie. So uh, I guess we'll just kind of breeze through this uh, plot a little bit. So you begin uh, with, oh, I guess, well, I, I guess, okay, before a little bit of Set a Set the tone on Thomas Milan, Milan or whatever, and yeah, well, I guess the issues he was going through the two personally. Brief things I, I just want to touch on a little bit, and like this genre in general. Um, oh yeah, we're getting started on this. Yeah, so this comes out of, in some ways, uh, the two prongs of uh, influence. I guess one would be the fact that Italian movies, Italian genre movies in particular, always uh, caught on to new trends. Uh, especially from American movies or you know English movies, and then they would um, run an entire um, industry based off of you know a few hit films. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you know, in the early seventies, these movies really started taking off. You'd had some really big, heavy hitting, um, mostly American crime films, like French uh, Connection, or French Connection, which you know won the Academy Award, Dirty Harry, um, you know. So a lot of these movies will kind of play off of that. You also have this period in Italy, starting around like 1968, when like there's all of the turbulence all over the world, you know, uh, with you know everything of like May of '68, and you know all of the fighting between like the the right and the left, and it was this whole period is usually referred to as uh, like the years of lead, uh, and there was so much, you know. You know, terrorism, kidnappings were really huge. Oh, um, there was just a lot of turmoil just roiling throughout Italy. Uh, so that is usually the background to a lot of these movies. Um, there's a really interesting documentary. It's it's kind of a mixed bag. It's the people who made it know their shit really well, but it's a little overproduced, uh, and they, they could have like toned down the uh, elements. Oh. But it's called just Euro Crime. And it's available, I think it's, you can stream it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think it finally came out on DVD Blu-ray. I, I highly recommend watching it because it's the, the best overview I've seen of this genre. Uh, Roberto Curdy also wrote a book that is really good and kind of goes film by film that I also really like. But uh, I think that documentary is a really good introduction. It has a lot of really good interviews with a lot of the main people involved. Um, and a lot of these films, like... Uh, well, Thomas Millian, who we've talked about, like he's in a lot of these, um, but you also have like, you know, great people like Franco Nero and Fabio Testi and uh, Maurizio Marley, you know, kind of the big star, and uh, Henry Silva, um, and there's a lot of like the the same directors too that really kind of like, really got it these films, uh, like Fernando de Leo made. What's considered like the best of this whole genre is uh, Caliber Nine. Is usually if people have seen any of these movies, uh, that's kind of the one. Uh, but yeah, so I think uh, to kind of set the tone of the type of movie, uh, these movies also, and if you watch that documentary, you'll see they take these uh, crime films. They're usually much more polished, you know, and made in Hollywood, and it might take you know ten weeks to make a film, and they they're doing this in four weeks. But because things were so, I think, chaotic and the laws and rules were much looser 
throughout Italy. That, permits? Uh, what are permits? Yeah, permits. So they, the, the car chases uh, are real. Just happen. Uh, a lot of times they're using real bullets. Um, the action is just like everything is just amped up. So yes. if, you're, if you really enjoy um, action crime movies, these movies are really fun because even the weaker ones, you're like, there's going to be some shit that is so crazy. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. it's, it, it's just like very Italian style. Uh, ups everything like ridiculously and that's what I like I grew up I mean I was a huge action fan still I am not newer action which is sad but uh, I do really enjoy especially like crime drama stuff like that I'm a sucker for it but this is something else where you're just watching this and you're like okay obviously they have it's kind of like the French Connection because the French Connection did the same thing too like when they were doing the big giant chase scene and like uh, none of that was like they didn't have any permits for that either. And that's, I mean, that's what makes it so awesome. And they're doing that, and then you can go like the the full spectrum. You just be like, oh, Ronan, they closed down like all the stuff to do this thing, and it's mm-hmm. just like, well, that's awesome as well. It's it's just like really cool to see how you can. It's hard to direct action. I can only imagine because uh, it's hard to keep yourself like on the <clears throat> edge of your seat. But watching a movie like this, where you're like, holy fuck, like. I can tell there's one scene where they're racing on the freeway or highway or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it in Italy, and you can tell it, it's kind of similar to uh, living in Portland. Um, sometimes when I drive out to Portland around the 5 o'clock hour, because uh, I live a little bit outside of Portland, still technically in it proper, but if I want to get to downtown, and I can see the commuters that are 9 to 5 going back home to the suburbs at 5 p.m., but I'm going into the city, so on the separate side going the opposite direction it's bumper to bumper but I'm just like cruising oh, yeah. and that's what they were doing they were doing that like the the one chase scene in this movie that's pretty gnarly you're like oh you can see all the commuters like getting out of the city but they knew that that was a time that they can shoot on the highway going into the city because everyone's leaving work yeah I don't know like I just like pick up on stuff like that and think that that's really cool but also like yeah like real fucking bullets that's a real machine gun Henry Silva is, or not Henry Silva, but uh, uh, Thomas Milian. Thomas Milian is really on cocaine. Like, oh yeah, no, this is all crazy. I, that I actually, I mean, it, it seems kind of obvious, but you're like, he's an actor. Um, but I, in the interview, there's a really good interview on um, Shameless put out a really great Blu-ray of this this past year, and there's a recent interview with Humphrey uh, Lindsay before he died, and he talks about that, and he was talking about. Uh, how first, you know, Thomas Mann was popping pills like crazy, and then eventually just went just straight up, just like, just coke fuel, you know, like it was crazy. So there, there's certain scenes you like you see, and he's clearly not well, sweating his balls. And it's off. like, yeah, and that's exactly how he seems. Even and a lot of the movie, he's chewing gum, but he just seems like he has meth mouth. Oh yeah, he's just kind of like, mm, like just like doing crazy. He. He really is almost human and almost a fucking beast. He's almost. And it's crazy because he doesn't look like a bad looking dude in this movie, but I didn't really recognize him myself. So I was uh, deep dive searching him on IMDb and you find him from obviously previously before this film. Like, I don't even know what film it they pulled it from, but he looks like a more like well endowed Harrison Ford, like young Harrison Ford. And in this movie, he's like, a string being fucking slimy, yeah. and he's always like moving his mouth. Like I know in Italian film, they they shoot 
and they don't record sound. So maybe he was just having fun with that. Just like, whatever, my mouth can do whatever <laughs> it wants to. And you'll just like ADR the shit out of it. But it is hard. To, maybe that's his way of upstaging any actor he's in a scene with. He literally chews the scenery. He, like, he's <laughs> chewing it up. Chewing it up. But he's like sweating his balls off and... But you know what? If I was on a coke bender like that, I wouldn't look half as good as he does. He, yeah, he, he's a professional. He's a pro. A pro's pro. Um, so I guess, yeah, we're going to jump right into the movie right now. Fuck it, let's go. So it just starts <laughs> in the middle of a robbery slash kidnapping. And he's it's the... It's a bank robbery. Yeah, it's a bank, bank robbery. And he's the, the driver, the getaway car. But he is a fuck up, and he's a crazy person. And a cop comes up, and he just like blows the whole thing, like... She's the cop. They all have to run out. They have to grab this kid. And they're just like, that's when the, the big chase starts. Yeah. So they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, I don't know. He was going to like... Well, I mean, you're missing a couple points. Like, yeah. first of all, he's the driver. Yeah. And bef- and when the, the, the bank robbers go in to rob the bank and he's supposed to be the getaway driver, as soon as they bail from the car, he pops some pills and he swigs like a fucking, <laughs> I don't know, like a breast-sized bottle of scotch. And then he gets out, shoots the cop. And then the people that are robbing the bank come out like, what the fuck did you do? He's like, I don't know. And then they're just like, get in the back seat. So like, he doesn't even do his job. He was supposed to be the driver, and now he's just a passenger. I don't know. Yeah, no. That's how he, that's how you're introduced to him. Oh, yeah. So he's just a, just a fuck up wild card. He's a mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So then you get like the big car chase throughout Milan, and they're just, Tearing shit up left and right. They also have the kid in the the back seat um, that they're like they're kidnapping, and this just goes on for a while. Then eventually they just ditch the kid and then take off. You know, like the the train comes and like the cops get on the wrong side of the train, and um, but then all of his the other thugs just you know beat the shit out of him. They're just like you're a fucking loser. Yeah, like, fuck off. And he takes it. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Which is so funny, too. That's the weird thing is when he becomes a bitch, he's just, he gets, he yeah. goes into bitch mode. You want me to be a bitch? I'll be a bitch. Uh, yeah. Then he, like, literally he goes and visits uh, his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And he Strindberg. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just, their whole deal is just crazy. I don't know. Do you have, do you have anything to... Well, I mean, just to, like, paint a picture <laughs> of, like, when he is in bed with his, like, I guess girlfriend... He's just wearing like a dirty red speedo and this psychedelic button up, yeah. unbuttoned, and he's just he gets out of the His bed. His look is really cool. It's really cool, like because he's like <laughs> they're like head to head at first, and they just like fucked or whatever, and then he gets out of the bed, grabs a smoke, something I don't know. He gets back in the bed. But instead, he puts his head at the footboard of the bed and spreads his legs. So when he's talking to his chick, she has to stare at his dick. And I'm just like, that's a power move. If I've never seen one, I just did. That's Thomas Milan. Yeah, and I love like his yeah the sleazy slinky like his whole. It's funny because that whole look. Mm. Uh, yeah, as far as like the you know Euro trash like polyester pattern shirt and like the shag hair and it was totally that like sexy slime ball look that came back in the late nineties early two thousands that just like you just wanted that Euro trash just look and he's supposed to be really trashy but it's just like it just looks like he's in some cool band yeah <laughs> I mean what does he play <laughs> I know. he doesn't play the fool I'll tell you that. And it's weird because, like, at least in the English ADR, it sounds like it's completely recorded in a tunnel. 
Oh yeah, like it's like the worst ADR I've heard. This is like yeah, of one of the that you're just like. Oh. Once you roll in, they're like, all right, this is this is what we're gonna do. But, but yeah, it kind of adds to it at the same yeah. time where you're like, well, this is so bananas that it's like, why wouldn't everything be a little off the Richter scale? Absolutely. But there's a really great line that he tells his girlfriend in the bed because he's like thinking about robbing her coworker or like somebody that she know not knows but like her boss's daughter like whatever it is. Oh, yeah, she sees the boss's daughter. She she works for because he always meets her when she gets off work at her car because whatever he doesn't have a ride, um, and so he sees uh, this babe who is. The boss's daughter, basically, but it's this huge, um, it's like a chemical corporation, or is this some huge? Who's to say? Yeah, whatever. Some multi-million-dollar baby daughter. But he's thinking about like I'm putting the fix on her and trying to get some ends. But beforehand, like you know, he keeps mentioning her, and the girlfriend's getting a little like, hey, like. What about me? Like, you're going to forget about me and like kind of deal? Because she's crazy. Yeah. And then he's just like, this is a direct quote from the movie. I can't say, <laughs> I can't say I'll keep you filled with love, but I'll keep you filled with me. <laughs> That's great. I love uh, that quote. Yeah, that is beautiful. If I ever tried to say that to uh, my wife, like, I wouldn't get the same reaction. Um, but she wasn't one of your first dates saying, let me get up in them guts? Let me get up in them guts, girl. Yes, very I similar. did see that. that. So it's a very similar Oh, shit. <laughs> People out there, it works. It really does work. Yeah. I doubted myself. I think it's been, I've been too domesticated over the years. But you can only say that before you're married. Exactly. I think after you're married, it's like you, you give away those Once you bring privileges. ink and paper into it. <laughs> you can't you can't be saying uh, shit like that anymore. So he's just a fucking crazy person. He goes out and he's like also talking up all the shit to all this his buddies too. But he goes, uh, he he goes to a vending machine, a cigarette vending machine, and he just like shoves a knife in the fucking machine, and like the coins come out. And this cop is just like comes right up, is gonna like, okay, I'm gonna fucking turn you in. You're robbing this vending machine, and he just like instantly just stabs the cop. Yeah. As he would. As he would. Guy just dies. The police end up showing up, uh, introducing Henry Silva as uh, Inspector Grande. And, which is, yeah, just... Inspector Grande. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, and then, yeah, but, but he's still there. Like, Julio's yeah, still he, there. He turns he's just like, the crime. That's, he's that's what, that's like, what so murderers do. When can, we, when can we get to a cigarette machine? Because there aren't, like, a million cigarette machines on every fucking corner in Italy. Which, can we talk about cigarette machines for a second? Just be yeah. on every quarter in Italy in 1974, yeah. where you're like, I can be five years old, and if I have, like, 50 euro, or I don't know what it costs, but just, like, beep, bop, boop, cigarettes. Oh, like, yeah. No, that's it. They don't, if you have money, you can smoke. They don't I give love a fuck. It. Yeah. <laughs> Age is just a number. <laughs> and so, and so, is so is money. money. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like then it leads to like after that is like him and he 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 equips two boys to go off into the middle of the woods to terrorize and kidnap. Well, right before that, so then he goes and he he still has his eye on the the daughter, okay, because he yeah. wants to kidnap her. Uh-huh. So he like takes his kids, and he, like his boys, and they go watch her play tennis. Oh, that's right. That's and they right. kind of introduce, and he's just like, okay, we got shit going. So he goes and visits Papa. And oh, yeah. so um, he goes to 
you know, this this guy who's, you know, dealing, it's like he has a, this crazy old busted, like, antique shop, but he's also dealing um, a rosaries. A death dealer, you might he's say. He's a death dealer. Uh, so he's asking for rosaries, which are just fucking machine guns. Um, and there's this old, like, his woman, like, Papa's woman, is like some old um, prostitute. What's the thing she keeps saying? She's like, like, send him down to hell, or whatever. She keeps, like, repeating this fucking line. And then the guy, Papa's like, oh, yeah, back in the day, like, they used to sing in Italy that if I had 10,000, you know, 10,000 lira a month, you know, but she'd bring me 10,000 lira a day. She was such a good whore. And so, anyhow, like, the, True the guys don't have fucking we'll find money. You in the end. So they just decide to fucking mow down Papa and yeah. his whore. And Mama. And it's also funny, too, because you're like, I mean, I guess that whatever they have the, the the guns, so they don't need to go back to Papa. But you're like, that was your only fucking dude to get shit from. So. I know. So, well, I mean, well, this is like that. the end all be all because he knew he was kidnapping. A also, bit. he doesn't use logic. That's true. He's a why man. am I trying to like put yourself <laughs> in the mind too. of a madman? Because <laughs> you want you want to apply those rules to everybody, but then you realize, you no, know, the whole point of this is this guy's because even crazy. the actor hired to play the role of this was a madman at this oh, point. Oh yeah, because. Oh, yeah. You can probably just... This could have been a documentary, for all uh, we yeah. know. They could have just like, all right, well, we know this guy, Thomas Milan. He was an actor. He's kind of falling on hard times. <laughs> if we can just follow him around Italy and make believe that he is in an Italian film, then we can actually get some good shit out of it. Who knows? Maybe this all happened. The best part is that that was just reality. That's just you could be that person. You, you could be that person! This is Italy the in top 1974. Of your you could be that at the top of your game. That's the one thing, the theme that I take, take. I mean, from all these films, especially in the early 70s in Italy, is like, you could really do anything. Yeah. Like, the fact that they recorded all this shit, like, let's do a car chase, like, in the middle of the highway, and like, all this stuff, and then release it in the theaters and put your fucking name on it to be like, I committed this crime. I know. And they're like... Bravo. When's your next one come out? I know. Ugh. Italy. The days. The days. All right. Let's so, jump back ahead. So they do, okay. like, they, they track down uh, the daughter, whose name I cannot fucking remember. Uh, she's in the woods uh, with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend has all these issues. Like, oh, I don't want to be with you because of your dad's money. And he's just being a pussy. And she's just like, come on and fuck me in this car right now. And she's, I mean, she's kind of aggressive. She's like, I want it, and you're a pussy. Yeah. So anyhow, Thomas Milian and Ray Lovelock, and all, they're all, like, hanging out. And so then they basically go up. And Wait, they before tear. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The pills. The pills. Oh, yeah. Take these pills. Well, take the, he's just trying to give, he's like, trying like to, a pill. Yeah, he's like, trying, trying to, to get Ray to take one fucking pill. One pill. Take one goddamn pill. He's like, I don't know. He's like, fucking take that shit. He's like, all right, fine. And then finally does it, and he's just like, oh, yeah. And the other, like, the fistful of pills that he was holding, he's like, this is how you really do it. And just, bah, pops, like, all handful. He washes it down with a whole fucking bottle of, like, whiskey. <laughs> he's like, rock and roll. And then they just go up and just start the, the habit. But then he also, suits. like, his first, is he, he kind of pretends he's like a zombie. Because he goes up to her car, and he's just pressing his face oh, against yeah. the glass. And he's just like, ah. Well, he's he, still like, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so he's just being like completely insane, and they're like, "What's going on?" And he's so they pull out the guns, uh, finally unlock the car, get the boyfriend out, mow him down. Well, and then she keeps saying like, "Don't run! Don't get out of the car! Don't get out of the car! It's all you got to do." And yeah. then like, what does he do? He gets out of the fucking car. Oh, he gets out of the fucking car. But also like, they could have shot him with the, through that glass. Oh yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a thing. 
So, yeah. Oh, yeah, Johnny is his name. So, yeah, that guy is instantly, like, murdered. And then the guys, um, they all get so turned on by this dude. They totally keep their eyes off the prize, which is the girl. And she just escapes. And they're like, oh, the girl got away. You know, like, whatever. And they just have their fucking murder boners. So she <laughs> ends up running to this amazing mansion out in the woods. And I have to think these have to be people that would have known her. Because it seems like she would have, like, gone to the woods in the rich neighborhood. Well, that's what I thought originally. Fun. I'm like... Oh, yeah. And this party, these people are fucking awesome. They're like... You know, they're just partying really hard. This girl comes up like, oh, are you in an accident? Like, what's going on? And she's, like, all, like, bloodied and crazy. She's trying to say, like, I was shot and whatever. You know, and they're like, oh, God, let's just, like, let's not let her ruin our party. Yeah. So they're just, like, she's trying to tell, like, they're all, like, going back to doing whatever. And just, I, need, I need another drink. Well, I label this as the calm down bitch scene. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, she comes in. She's, like, tattered and torn. And I think she knows these people. But they can't be bothered because I think they're about to like maybe it's also it's, some nasty group sex thing. It's like Italy too. They're just like this shit happens every fucking. Maybe day. that was like the point. And they're then but like, like three people out of the four try to hand her like a Collins glass, a quarter filled with scotch. <laughs> like drink this and shut the fuck up. We're trying. I love, to- but also the woman who's just like you're doing this wrong. Give it to me. I'll put it down her throat. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, like what? Uh. So anyhow, so then. As everyone else is trying to party, and the other woman who's trying to shove the like booze down her throat is just like, "Oh no, wait! She wasn't in a car accident. <laughs> like she had three guys with machine guns were after her, and they're like, what? And then <laughs> enter like Julio and his boys, and they're all right there. And then you get like, I mean, this is like the you know the piece of resistance of this whole film is this this oh, scene is yeah. so magnificent. Um, so. They end up, like, you know, like, well, the one oldest guy there is just like, oh, if you want, like, I have money. He just mows him down right away. Yeah. And then, he to a whole point where he starts talking about universal love, and he unzips his buddy's fly, and, which also, uh, Thomas Millian was, was bi, so he was very openly, so all those scenes, and just like, oh, yeah, you're into all this. And he oh, when the guys guy. just, like, suck a dick, it's called universal love. Baby. Yeah, it was, we don't have, we don't we're not prejudiced. So it's like almost yeah. like some weird thing where he's just putting his like... It's kind of beautiful. This is it. I know, right? This is how it's beautiful rape. rights work. <laughs> so we have to force everyone to accept it. Um, so anyhow, like, they all make everyone there suck their dick. Um, and then we kind of cut back to some other shit. But then we get back uh, to the scene. Somehow, in some really... I mean, like, they just don't build them like this anymore. But they have a chandelier that can support the weight of three humans that have been tied up yeah. and hanging from the chandelier. Uh, the women all have their tits out, and there's the one guy, and they're all kind of swinging around, and he's just being crazy. He's, like, licking some woman's inner thigh and yeah. whatever. And then, like, they hear a noise upstairs. And so he goes, and he just shoots the door, and this teddy bear falls down. And the woman's like, that was my daughter. You <laughs> killed my daughter. And, just like so, and he's like, crazy. "Shut up!" And he's like, "Shut up!" And so he's literally, and this is one of the scenes that, uh, where uh, Umberto Lenzi says, "You know, he was really coked out of his mind. Like he was, oh. and he looks it so hard. Like you watch the scene, he yeah, he's sweating, he's pale, he's like crazy, and yeah, yeah he just they just gave him like a pound of cocaine and a machine gun and shot it. Somebody shot. paid me 
and a pound of cocaine and a machine gun to be in anything, I'd do it. I don't even <laughs> care what kind of movie it was. It just so happens that he was in a great film. Oh, yeah. But this was out of control. And it kind of like, <laughs> to fast forward a little bit, at the uh, the semi-end where, uh, oh my God, Thomas Milan kills his partners. Mm-hmm. And right before he kills like the chick who he's holding for ransom. And then he's like, what do you think of me? Like, what do you say? Like, as he's pointing a machine gun at her face, and she's just like, I think you're a big old bozo. And like, just like whatever the (laughs) fuck he she says to him, and it's like, why are you fucking with a man that just murdered a house? Like, he just (laughs) murdered an entire like tree of people, and what the fuck are you talking about? And he's just like, I hope you don't get a penny. I don't want you to get any of my father's money. And it's like, why? You didn't earn any of it. Like, why are you trying to, like, hoard it? Like, the man is a psychopath. Just give him whatever he wants. Obviously, she doesn't make it out alive. And that's what I like about this movie. <laughs> it's just, like, nobody gets out clean. Just, like, beep bop boop And then, like, you know, they go to that whole scene. And he's trying to get away. And then I see all the cops come. And it's just him and two bags of money. And then, so when uh, uh, Henry Fonda, sorry, but I watched uh, Henry Once Silva, Upon a Time yeah. in the West, uh, Henry Silva gets out of the car. I'm like, ah, he's got. And then he's like, and he just like shoots him in the legs. I'm like, fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> like, he gets away with it, at least for the time being. And oh, yeah. it just doesn't end up that way because you know what? This is Italy, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Henry Silva tries to play by the rules. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because this movie is kind of. That's kind of the the dirty hairy element, and that's kind of the thing where people were like screaming like this is fascist, because he just basically just does not give a fuck about you know it's like that that constant thing where you know the police just can't do anything, you know they they can't like accomplish anything because the laws all protect the criminals, uh, in which we we get to well yeah I guess we'll get to that in a second so anyhow like all of after that whole like. Massacre. They end up taking uh, the girl to like it's like an abandoned like shipyard, like in the middle of like I don't know. It looks like a fucking river in Italy. The only part of Italy that I could afford to live in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they end up taking her there, and so of the the guys, the other one of the guys whose name I don't know. He's just like he could kind of give a fuck. And then Ray Lovelock, the beautiful Ray Lovelock. Uh, he has a little bit of a conscience, and he's like, oh, like, I don't know, I'm, like, getting sick and whatever, and just don't be whatever. Um, so Thomas Milian, like, goes back, he goes, because he's, this whole thing, like, when he, like, you know, uh, you know, killed Papa, and this whole, like, massacre, he's gone, he stole his girlfriend's car to do all of this, and she kind of, she ends up cleaning up work one day, and she's like, I'm going to take your girlfriend out. And they're going to go do something. And like, oh, my car's gone. And then the friend's like, oh, are you going to call the cops? Like, oh, no, nah, I don't know. My boyfriend probably stole it. Like, what? Yes. So, you know what's funny is we know women like this. I, that That is true. That is like kind of, you, you can't say it, but it's like I've seen that. You're like, your boyfriend is a fucking cokehead crazy person. And yeah. they're like, well. Two cases. It. Two cases off the top of my head where I'm just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we've, we've seen this. We've seen this. So, time time again. He shows back up, um, and, like, you know, like, like clockwork with her car. She's like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, what have you been doing? And he's like, oh, he, like, straight up tells her. It's, it reminds me of this really similar scene in uh, Mario Bava's, like, Hatch of Her Honeymoon. She's like, so what do you do? He's like, oh, you know, 
I killed like uh, you know, like two guys, three women, and a six-year-old girl. She's like, "How hey, you have quite a sense of humor?" Yeah. Whatever. He's like, "No, he just really fucking did that." And he, she's like, "I'm not gonna take you home. I'm not. Oh no, he's like, I'm not gonna take you to work because like, yeah. she, she's on her way to work." So I'm not, I'm not going to take you to work. I'm going to take you to the lake. And she's yeah. like, well, if I don't go to the work, then how are you going to have any money? Yeah. And just like, bitch, I'm getting money. Bitch. So he takes I'm working her, on it. He takes her to Lake Cuomo. And it's fucking gorgeous, by the way. Uh, and he's like, this is like some of the deepest water in Europe. And that's the, that line is the only thing that freaks her out. She's yeah. like, oh, fuck. Oh, what? Since when do you care about deep waters? I know. It's just like... <laughs> Only, well, it's like, I, I care if I could just be getting deep in your waters. I know, She's right? Like, okay, we're on the same page again. She's like, okay, cool. Let's talk He's about He's like, psych, get off. We're, get off the cliff, girl. Yeah, then he throws her off the fucking cliff. He gets out, and I guess he just hitchhikes back home. You know what that, that what you were reminding me of with the whole Mario Baba thing and then this film where he just like actually admitting the truth and they just take it as like, ah, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, I wonder if they got that from this. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, Gross Point Blank with John Cusack. It's just oh. a movie I've seen like a million times. I loved it when I was a kid, but you know, he's like a hitman and he goes to his 10-year high school reunion and he only reveals the truth to like his uh, long lost love and his best friend, like Jeremy Piven, Ugh. and then like Mini Driver, yeah. yeah. And then he's just like, you know, because whenever they ask him, like, "Oh, what are you about to? What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm a contract killer." Like, do blah blah, and just blah blah blah, and then just like, "Oh yeah, does that come with benefits?" He's like, "No, not really." And then just, <laughs> we just like honestly, like just just spitting the truth to him. They're just like, "Haha." No, 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 no. Because so if your really life is that crazy, you can just be honest with it. Yeah, but like with everybody else, he like does lie to them. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe he took a page out of this, uh, whoever wrote Gross Point Blank, but probably not. There are actually a couple little things. Well, even like the very opening heist scene with they all have the, the crazy masks. Oh, on. it's like a point break. Yeah, it's like point break. Gross just... Point Blank. Point Blank. Oh, All the shit. points. All points <laughs> lead. We're hitting all the points human. in America. This isn't even real. So he, like, fucking kills her. And he also goes back eventually to his buddies. He's like, oh, yeah, I killed my girlfriend. But the other crazy thing is, so he goes to the cops, and he's just like, oh, my God, my girlfriend's gone. I don't know what's happening. And they're also looking for him, because they're kind of, like, putting the pieces together. They're like, like, you're crazy. This Julio guy is kind of weird. So they're looking for him, and he's there. There's a fucking, you know, the police station. Uh... And things are just getting, like, more crazy. There's kind of, like, this long stretch. There's much more about, like, you know, trying to set up the, uh, you know, the drop-off for the money. Uh, That's kind of the one point in the movie. I feel like after everything we've seen, it starts to kind of drag for a minute. Um, but then they kind of, like, get back up. The The dad is trying to make the deal with uh, Thomas Millian and his buddies. To get the money and trying to like work away from the cops, but then the police kind of catch up with him. And there's this kind of like elaborate, uh, idiotic scheme where they leave like a little like uh, paper trail. It's almost like the what is it the geo or the the p uh, the GPS like hiding things people do all the time. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Like no, an like Easter egg hunt. Sort of. <laughs> That's kind of what the, the, they all do. I know. Is they lead this Easter egg hunt with these little notes. They stick. Like in weird little like spots, and the guy has to drive and find, and tells him where to go to the next spot. Uh, and they're basically putting the money as close to the hideout as possible. And the guys are just like, "Isn't that 
scary. Like, shouldn't we not do that? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's genius. They'll never think we're so close to the drop-off. Um, we'll get the money right here. So he's doing that, but then the, the police intercept the dad. Uh, and Henry Silva swaps, you know, swaps places and... Uh, yeah, they're like, basically, all this shit's getting close. They, they end up uh, fulfilling all, you know, a lot of this shit. Uh, Thomas Millian starts freaking out with the girl. And he's basically like, everything's kind of falling into place. Mows her down. And yeah. then Carmino, Carmino. Before he mows her down, in a previous scene, I just want to point this mm. out. The fact that they're like, hey, girl. Eat something. Don't you want something to eat? Mm. I can't eat this. I can't whatever. And then they go, like, because they're giving the prisoner a meal, and the meal is, like, some legit baguette and some dope Italian yeah, cheese. Yeah, it looks delicious. I, it looks I would so be charged, like, $14 for Fucking like, good. This yeah. charcuterie board that they just go, like, here, girl. Like, we're trying to get that daddy's money. Just, nah. I'm like, Italy. Italy. I guess the other, like, kind of random <laughs> thing that we somehow has escaped all any of my notes is, uh... There's this pool hall, and it's usually the guy that's always Thomas Millian's alibi, and he has, like, the dopest... Oh, pool, like, pool hall ever? ever? Like, I would learn... I would be Fats Domino, or, like, whatever, uh, from... Oh, yeah, uh, Montana Fats. Oh, uh, Montana Fats. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Montana From the Hustler? Fats. From the Hustler, yeah, that's what I'm trying to be. It's like if I Minnesota flat, fat? Minnesota fats. Okay, yeah. that's it. Because yeah. I'm not even gonna try and pretend like I'm Paul Newman whatsoever. So if I'm gonna be anybody, it's gonna be Jackie Gleason. I love Jackie Gleason. I love Jackie Gleason too, but I love Paul Newman more. Yeah, but I'd that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so here. We're so back yeah. To this. So then, uh, anyhow, we we get back. He ends up like killing the girl. This mows her down. Uh, he mows down Ray Lovelock. And then um, eventually the other buddy shows up. He has all the money, and he's like, "Oh, you know, like, you know, where's the girl?" He's like, "Oh, I killed her." He's like, "Oh, come on, know was he's not gonna like it?" You know, like, "Oh, whatever, he's fine." Later he realizes that he killed him as well. And then the guy, like that guy, freaks out too. And they're like, everyone like freaks out to this guy mm. to to Julio, like he's. Someone you can just, like, take. No, he's fucking batshit crazy, and he has a fucking machine gun. Yeah. You know? So he mows him down, too, and he's like, oh, okay, cool. You don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're dead. And so he's, like, trying to get out. The cops all show up at the, you know, the dockyard, and he makes a run for it with all these big bags of, like, it's like half a billion lira. It's like two bowling bags of yeah. money. And so, and then he just starts mowing it down, but they still, like, they kind of think it's him. They think it's Julio, uh, but they don't really know. And he, like, uh, hits, you know, Henry Silva Grande in the leg, and he's just like, ah, but he kind of, like, is unfazed. Yeah. He's unfazable. Um, and everything, he drops one of the bags, and he kind of, like, still gets, he makes the getaway after all of this, because the police are just pretty inept in Italy. Uh, makes it back to the pool hall. Has an that, alibi that guy. Ready. He has his alibi all totally set up, and he's having them like beat the shit out of him. You know, like he you know lost money in a pool game, and you know trying to. It's basically trying to make it seem like you know these guys aren't on my side. They fucking beat the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, uh, the cops all show up. Henry Silva still with his bleeding leg. Everyone's just like, "Do you want to go to the hospital?" He's like, "I don't give a shit about this." Yeah. Like, That's why God gave me two legs. Yeah. He didn't say that, but. Oh, yeah, so he just, like, rolls with a fucking cane like a pimp. Yeah. Pimp cane? Yeah. And then he just has a whole, like, 
they have their, their kind of like showdown in the the pool hall, and it's just like he's just like, bring them all in. Um, and basically, like at the end of all of this, uh, almost the end, uh, you have Henry Silva, he's like, you meet all the other like police, and they're all just like, hey, like you know, we've, you've held him for like two weeks, you have no proof. It's like, oh, well, except for the fact that. The gun he had was the gun that killed all these people and all these people and did all this. And, you know, like, he, it's like the most, like, open shut case you've yeah. ever heard of in your life. And they're like, and they're yeah. like, you're forgetting one thing. This is Italy. I know. There's, it, this is Italy. And <laughs> you can get away with anything. Anything. So he's just I don't like, even know why you have a job. Exactly. You care about so the it's law. Just like, and everyone's just like, what? Like, calm down. Uh. Um,. So yeah, so then we cut to the the you know the end, and you have uh, Julia like sitting with like his new buddies because he's killed all his old buddies uh, <laughs> out of some would. cafe. But he looks he's like his clothes uh, equally you know as stylish, but just like more posh. He's just sitting there with like French champagne, and he's just like regaling them with whatever. And they're like, oh, um, <laughs> everyone knows. Shit's gonna go down. So you're like, oh, there's a cripple here to see you. He's been asking about you. He's a cripple. Why would a cripple want to see me? And like, everyone just weird. scatters. Everyone fucking like roaches in the is light. Gone. They're like, mm, no, a cripple. He's coming. And so, yeah, he just comes. And Henry Silva's so great. He's like, I come to you as your executioner. And he's just like with his like hobbling cane, and he's yeah. just like, bam, bam, bam. Just fucking I like how he shoots down. him and he dies in a pile of trash. Oh yeah, it's so cool. It's Italy. It is so Italy. Nineteen. And then but the thing is, at the end of it, you know, like uh, he's like, oh, you know, the, the cops comes like, tell them that ex Lieutenant Grande is you know murdered a, or killed a murderer. Um, and I'm just like, fuck no, just say, just deny it. Like, yeah, whatever, they're never gonna prove anything. You're gonna yep. get away with it, and you can go. I know. Why does it have to turn into the end of seven? Yeah, I know. And it's just, just like, like, oh, no, Spacey made a move. That's why we had to cap him. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you, like, testify to any of this? Oh, yeah. That biggest problem with that David Fincher movie. Yeah. It's just like, Freeman, stand up for your boy. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so that was Almost oh. Human. I like the Death Dealer is a the better Death title, Dealer, so yeah. why did they change it to Almost Human? Uh, well, I don't, which is funny, because, yeah, like, the original title uh, translated, I, I, I can't say it in Italian, but it translates to uh, Milan hates, in parentheses, the police can't shoot. <laughs> so there's that. Which also works, too, when you watch a lot of these movies, a lot of them, um, I, I learned so much about the different areas of Italy watching these movies because a lot of them will take place in certain cities. There's like, you know, like Genoa, and there's Milan, and there's Venice, and then there's, you know... Rome. All the, and, yeah, like yeah. Rome, and then there's... You know the ones that take place in Sicily, and you know, like in each one, you kind of can feel and see the different, like, oh, like this is what the architecture looks like here, and this is like what this city looks like. Uh, this is definitely one of the Milan ones. Almost human. I don't know where that title came from. The Death Dealer is also, yeah, that's a really good title. I love this poster. I love the poster too. We're yeah. gonna take a picture as soon as we wrap up. Yeah. Um, so now that we are on this crusade of Italian crime genre, because we're going to do the same thing that we did with yeah. the... Um, Lesbian vampires. There's mm-hmm. definitely... I, I want to do four of them. I, I, one of them... Two of them I know uh, Offhand. for sure what we're... Don't covering. reveal. Yeah, I'm not revealing. But and then the third one is kind of up 
up for yeah. grabs. Okay. Um, I kind of know where I want to go, but uh, listen, if yeah. you're watching this right now, <laughs> if you're watching your phone, if you're listening to this, how about that? If you're listening to this right now, and uh, you've seen this movie, maybe you see more than like good for you or whatever. But if you're listening to this for the first time, going like, wow, like what's coming up next, or like what can I get into now? I'm in the same boat as you. Like I, I'm pretty blind at most things. I'm, yeah, fucked up. So. What, uh, how did you get into Italian crime cinema? Like, what's the areas you should go to? What's the directors you should pay attention uh, so these to? Are, what's the uh, deal? I guess this is, uh, so, I mean, for me, like, it was just, like, I love genre movies, so this is something that was on my radar for a long time before I actually really just, like, deep-dicked it, um, uh-huh. or it deep-dicked me, um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I totally love them. The, I would say... Definitely, anyone like if if you can't find this movie, um, the secret is it's available on YouTube. That's where I first watched this movie, and then uh, in the past year, uh, it came it came out on Blu-ray uh, in the UK. It might be region free, um, but if it's region two, um, it might not work for a lot of people. But I, I highly recommend this movie. Um, but if you don't want to invest, just uh, search for it on YouTube. Um, also, I would check out the Eurocrime documentary. It gives you a really good overview of like things you can check out and things to look out for. Um, other directors I would check out would definitely be Fernando DeLeo. Uh, Caliber 9 is considered his masterpiece, though he made a lot of films that were really fucking dynamite. And it was a big influence on Tarantino, um, especially the Italian connection. Uh, has a lot of stuff that Tarantino pulled to put into Pulp Fiction. Um, I would also look at Enzo Castellari, who directed, to bring back to Tarantino again, uh, the original Inglorious Bastards. Oh. Uh, but he did a lot, and one of his movies is one that we are going to cover. Uh, he's, oh, shit. He's really fucking dynamite. Um, you know, there are, yeah, there, there are a lot of, a lot of these movies. Um, also, a lot of these are available right now. If anyone who has Amazon Prime... Uh, there are a ton of these movies available right now uh, for streaming. Cause there's definitely a lot that I've watched on Amazon Prime, um, and yeah, then there's like a lot of people kind of did like one-offs, like uh, Mario Bava's kind of uh, one entry into this genre is like really uh, excellent, and it was unfortunately never released in his lifetime. So oh, it was this Rabbit Dogs? Yeah. Ah, okay. That movie is so fucking dynamite. It's awesome. That's crazy, and it's just crazy that um, I don't know. Like you were, you were mentioning weeks before that this is like one of the subgenres that gets overlooked because obviously people go back to like Euro horror and Jallo and lesbian vampire and a bunch of stuff we covered, but like nobody's really taking a big stand on Italian crime. Cinema. I mean, other than people who did, the people who did that documentary are like. Diehards. Really, really great. Yeah. Like they, I mean, they do a lot of other like genre stuff. So it, it's on some people's radars, but it's weird because I feel that um, these movies should have joined the more like general lexicon of you know cult film things. That like, especially because people like Tarantino have pulled so much off of these movies um, that I would I would think that these would be even more popular than some of the other genres that. Yeah, um, you know, are really big with with cult film fans. So it's it, maybe it's be because there isn't some like giant monster waiting for you at the end, or there isn't like this huge like gory 
I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I I don't know. I think that the people, I think that, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it could be all sorts of things. But I think that like, some of the action scenes alone... Or maybe this uh, is just would... something that's about to pop. And yeah. then it's about to, and then once it does, it's like, oh. I hope, because there are a lot of really cool... Even, like, this, you know, spaghetti westerns. Like, everyone's dad loves, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's you what's crazy, what I mean? is I just watched recently, sad to say, but for the very first time, Once Upon a Time in the West. And I was like, so holy awesome. shit. And I grew up watching westerns with my dad... Who knows? Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I've seen it when I was a kid, but I did not remember it. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to, like, I, I, I tried watching other Westerns because I'm kind of in a Western kick right now. So I'm trying to watch other Westerns that I know that I should have watched previously in my life, but I'm now just getting to later in my life. And so when I watch stuff that isn't made by an Italian, uh, I'm just like, oh, like, that's I do. not what I'm looking yeah, for. There's, there's some st- I, 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 yeah, no. it, it's you crazy. watch the Bud Bedecker ones, at least, because they're a huge influence on Leone, uh-huh. and they're so brief and so short, and they're so cool. Awesome. Well, I also like the fact that, like, something, like my dad, like, my dad would never watch this movie. Like, he'd be like, fuck you, like, after five <laughs> seconds. But, like, you put Once Upon a Time in the West, or the Dollars Trilogy, anything like that, like, they get... He gets all up in it. And he's just like, oh yeah, it's like one of the greatest films ever made. I don't know what it is, but it's like Italians and Western could get the point across to the masses. Generations and generations to come. I think and- part of it has to do with, I think some of that is generational in some ways, where I think that uh, Westerns, like say someone of your father's generation who's, you know, your dad's like in the 60s. 70? Okay. Next year. Yeah. So, Westerns were a much bigger part of his growing up. I guess so, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it was like TV and every, you know, where like, for me growing up, I grew up in that kind of the dark ages of the Western where no one my age liked what, you know, like Westerns. It was like that that genre that just yeah. like, no, it's like listening to like modern country music, you know. It's it was my just dad like, likes. Yeah, it's just like, no, Western. it's so boring. Um, it was really beneficial to me when I was collecting movie posters, though, because I could find like really good Western movie posters. Because like I could never afford like a Hitchcock or like nah. you know, as long as it wasn't like John Ford, mm-hmm. you know, I could I could they were in my like budget. I could afford to buy them because no one gave a shit about westerns. But um, yeah, I think that like some of these movies, I think. Of our generation, though, of you know people a little bit younger growing up in like the eighties and like, where action movies were so big. And so much, like, these movies are, like, totally, you know, laid the ground and influenced so many of the other stuff. Obviously, the stuff in the 90s, like the, you know, the Tantinos and the yeah. Catherine Bigelows and, yeah. you know, those people who, like, well, know, seen just, these movies and knew what to, yeah. what to pull from them. It was a, a, so much stuff happened. Like, when we were growing up, it was just like, I don't know, it's so crazy, just like... Like, 48 Hours changed everything when it came to, like, blockbuster. Like, it's an action. It's comedy. It's a buddy cop. Like, they invented yeah. buddy cop thing. But as, as far as, like, being, like, looking at somebody and going, like, hey, Mr. Universe, five years in a row from Austria, you're going to be the biggest American actor for the next, like, you know, 15 to 20 years. Like, just to give Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, the keys of the kingdom yeah, is so bizarre to me. And then also just somebody, like... Bruce Willis with, like, 
here's Die Hard. Like, I know you're just on this TV comedy moonlighting or whatever. Well, it's funny because those, and... those are actually, it's, it is really funny because those two guys are so polar opposites. Exactly. Because of the fact, but they both got, you know, really big because you have Arnold Schwarzenegger and the whole, re- you know, obviously because like, you wanted everything to be more and you really can't be more than Arnold nope. Schwarzenegger. Like he's just like so huge and crazy. Yeah. And you know, like obviously Stallone was like catching up with him and he had all of his like macho shit. But too. Stallone but, was also a foot shorter. And that know, really Stallone does. Was, yeah, yeah. Stallone was like shorter and he looked like, so, you know, he like got up to it, but you know, he had Rocky behind him. So he mm-hmm. like, at least he had like, he had that step to push him up, you know, up yeah. into the the ranks, and you know, Kurt Russell, you know, would come back up there. But the thing is, with um, Macho badasses, with um, Bruce Willis, is Bruce Willis's whole thing is that he seemed like your stepdad, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was that guy that's just like a guy. You know, what's crazy is he turned into like so much more. I think that's why with me. Um, because I'm I'm younger than you are. I'm 31, so like I didn't know 80s Bruce Willis. I know 90s Bruce Willis, but we would see. I saw uh, Dire of the Vengeance in the theaters the day it came out. Yeah, and I know, right? And then, but he did a bunch of other movies like The Siege and like uh, I can't think of anything else this moment. Of he course, all, yeah, that was. But a, he did like yeah, a nice. bunch of stuff, right? And yeah. so, but like at this point, like he started trying to get himself jacked. I remember when. Uh, President Bush was in office, and he uh, the whole Operation Iraqi Freedom went down. He tried to join the military, knowing full well that he was going to get denied because he's older than twenty eight years old. But it was just like a fucking ploy, yeah. and like everyone was like, "Oh yeah, fucking he's a bad like he was a badass to like so many people, including myself." Where I'm like, "Uh," but like '80s Bruce Willis was just like. Kind of like the '80s Tom Hanks, where he's like, "Oh, here's this like funny guy that's like doing yeah. this shit." Well, it was, it's even but like I knew '90s Tom Hanks yeah. like, "Oh, here's this serious motherfucker." That's I know. I like earlier Tom Hanks. Absolutely. I love the 80s Tom Hanks. Now that Give I'm old enough to like, oh yeah, the Burbs, uh, Money Pit, Big. Yeah, it. Like I love. I really. It's funny because yeah, I, I agree. Like after Tom Hanks won the two Academy Awards back to back. Yeah. B to B was just like fucking Forrest Gump. Um... But it's like, yeah, that early Tom Hanks, like, Bosom Buddies, and, you know, even, like, I mean, I don't, I probably will never need to watch Big again in my life, um, but I loved it as a kid. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but yeah, I love, I love that, that era. Um, I do like him in Catch Me If You Can. I, that was, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the last, like, that's the last Spielberg, movie, Spielberg movie. Yeah, that I can really, like, get behind. Me too. I didn't see Munich. But I heard, oh, yeah. I never did I heard it was I heard it was good. Yeah. But I watched a documentary recently on HBO about oh, yeah, Spielberg, where it, it kind of felt like me and Spielberg, where I'm like, oh, I like 50 percent of this documentary, and I hate the other 50 percent. I never watched that, but I really loved the fact that I, I just heard that well, there's like two movies that they barely talked about at all, and one of them was Hook, because I like I'm of the age when like I was in middle school when that came out, and people liked it, and I hated that movie. And then now, unfortunately, I'm old enough that like other adult peers love Hook and try talking about it like it's a good movie. I'm like, no, that was terrible. But it was so bad that even in that documentary, they had to like pretend that it didn't exist. What that? Fuck that. Yeah, no, I don't know. Fuck That's Rufio fine. and Dustin Hoffman. Uh, 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 no, yeah, it's a. Uh, 
We we talked about almost human tonight. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And now we're off. On, now we're on another tangent. Now we're on Steven Spielberg. But you know what? Most podcasts I do listen to about movies, the good ones at least, get off on these kind of I things. Know. At least our our tangents are really weird tangents come at the end. So we try to keep the tangents in the beginning, like yeah. at least related to the movie we're talking about. So all right. Well, we did talk about this movie, and we will talk about more movies in the yeah. weeks to come. We'll probably take uh, next week off because it's uh, Christmas break, and I'm, um, you know, moonlighting as Santa Claus this year, so I'm going to be pretty busy. Uh, so I would say that yeah, we have um, we have at least three more of these yes! coming forward. So I'm liking uh, it. I'm liking in, it. Into and through January, we should be doing uh, Italian action movies and Euro crime films, and. Um, yeah, then it'll lead us into February. I will say this. My birthday is January 8th. It's exactly two weeks after Christmas. And I'm just laying this on Derek right now because it's on the microphone. So he has yeah. to agree to it or else he looks like one of those crazy, like, it's my way of the highway kind of sons of bitches. I'm choosing birthday week yes. movie. We're going to take a break in the middle of this. And we're going to do something real not like this. <laughs> Just, I don't know. The, I just thought of this in my head, but I'm like, that'd be good. I'm just going to choose something. Do you know what it is? I have an idea. I don't... I mean, it fits a psychotronic genre, kind of. It's more of like a comedy that came out in the last like 10 to 15 years, but like, I feel like it can be a good one because I know that everything that it references is from the 80s. And it's such an insane movie. It was a gigantic flop in the theaters. And since they have become more famous as time has gone on, it's uh, gotten a cult status. So that kind of fits the psychotronic genre. I'm trying to like wrap this all wait. in. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, you've never seen it. I know you haven't. Because I've, <laughs> I've mentioned it once before and you're like, what? And I'm like, oh, it's it's bad. But like, it's good. I remember when it came out, I saw the opening weekend. I'll put it this way. I'm, we're gonna do a little, uh, 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 little t- like a, a hint. The original offer for this movie, uh, for the lead, went out to Dane Cook, Whoa. and he said, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> Which could I'll go either way because he's so gross. So yeah, is that too gross. For so him, they, they, or is it so good? That they, they, gross? they branch it out to uh, another comedian and. He said, yeah, but only if I can bring my two friends along and we can rewrite the entire movie. And they said, yes. I have no idea. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a, a an Ace Ventura thing where it's just like Ace Ventura got offered to somebody. I forgot who. And then they offered to Jim Carrey. He's like, all right, cool. And then right before they started shooting, he's like, by the way, I rewrote the entire script because your script sucked. And they're like, all right, fine. So it's kind of like that. But um it's gonna really throw a cog in the like a wrench in the cog of the cog in the wrench. It's gonna really fuck this shit up because we're doing some really good work with Italy in the seventies here. Birthday week, but it's birthday week. We're gonna take a break <laughs> and we're gonna do something real stupid. Just I because wait. that's the way it goes. And you can't tell me what it is until it starts rolling. No, 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 I won't because yeah. you'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be the best part because you know what? You made me watch. Vampire lovers. <laughs> so payback's coming. Payback. Payback's yeah. coming. January eighth. <laughs> Mark the calendar, cause it's coming. Yes. 
Anywho, until then, let's keep it purely All casual. Right, purely casual. <laughs>